Hey everybody, today I want to talk about the power of the resurrection. Let's begin with a reading from Matthew 28, uh, verse 1. Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who is crucified. He is not here, for he has risen. As he said, Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Father God, you are awesome, Lord. Please open our eyes to see your beauty in the gospel and your resurrection. In Jesus' name, amen. So, um, Jesus' death, his burial, and his resurrection, we really can't separate these from one another. This is the message of the gospel. It's the good news. It's what many throughout history uh, have been waiting for ever since Adam and Eve trusted Satan's words over God's. But mankind had this opportunity to delight in God's word once again because God spoke again. And they could stop believing Satan's promises and believe God once again. Uh, in Genesis 3, after the fall and, and, and throughout the Old Testament, God assured mankind that the Messiah, uh, the promised one, the offspring of the woman, would come and deliver us from the bondage of sin and would give all who believe God's word, God's promise of, of the Messiah, they would receive fellowship with God again. And this is seen in Jesus in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. So for the rest of the time today, I want us to focus mainly on Jesus' resurrection. Why is it significant to us today? I mean, there's many right answers. For one, we will all be raised like Jesus was raised, uh, no longer connected to the entropy uh, of sin and brokenness will be raised incorruptible, be given spiritual bodies like Jesus, be with him forever, right? Romans 8, 11 says, If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So, yes, we have something awesome to look forward to in our future. Uh, again, 1 Corinthians 15, 52 says, In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. 
So that's really good news uh, connected to the gospel and the resurrection for our future uh, into eternity. But what about now, while we are still in this broken world? How valuable is the resurrection of Jesus for me now? What does his resurrection accomplish for me today? As I go to work, as I relate to my family, whatever it may be, is Jesus' resurrection significant to me now? So let's think about that for just a moment. I know that the resurrection of Jesus was very important to the Apostle Paul, even in his life. In Philippians 3 verse 10, and some of the verses around that, Paul actually tells us what he wanted for himself. This was his hope for his own life. Philippians 3.10, that I may know him. Of course, Paul knew him, right, already. He wanted to know him better, I think. So, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. So Paul wanted to know Jesus better, and then he mentions Jesus' sufferings, his death, and his resurrection. <laughs> That's the gospel, right? And Paul says he wants these things for himself uh, in some context. What did he mean? I think Paul wanted to walk more in the power of Jesus' resurrection while he was here on earth. Also, he wanted to be like Jesus on this earth um, by taking up his cross daily and dying to sin daily, even suffering persecution for Christ. Paul surely did all these things as a believer while he was here on earth. And we also can do these things by the power of Jesus' resurrection at work in our life. In, in Ephesians chapter one, we also can get an ideal that this is actually what Paul was meaning in Philippians 3. Um, it, it's what he wanted for himself, but it's also what he wanted for the Ephesians. Ephesians 1.19, and Paul is actually saying what he prays for the Ephesians, okay? And uh, so we'll pick up verse 19, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. So the power of the resurrection, um, uh, this immeasurable greatness of his power for all believers. Paul wanted the Ephesians to know more of the power of the resurrection in their life immeasurable greatness of the power, he says, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. So there is the power of the resurrection available to us in this broken world. We don't have to wait for the future when God raises us up. I want to uh, turn to Romans chapter 6 where we can see an example of the power of Jesus' resurrection helping believers to die to sin daily in life. Romans 6, beginning with verse 1, 
What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? So Paul is, is saying sin doesn't have a hold on us any longer, right? We've been baptized into Jesus and um, we've been covered by the blood of Jesus, the sacrificial uh, atonement in Christ for our sins. So Paul is saying sin no longer has a hold on us as it did before. It's not our ruler. We have been baptized into Jesus. I don't believe this is referring to our physical baptism, but rather what our physical baptism is a witness of. It's our actual baptism into Christ Jesus, spiritually. Remember, it was John the Baptist who talked about this. One reference is Mark chapter 1, verse 8. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So continuing with Romans chapter 6, verse 4, I believe this will come together for us and we can see how the resurrection actually helps us overcome sin in our life. And so Paul says, We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death. I think this is spiritual baptism into Christ. In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. So Jesus' resurrection, it means we can walk in resurrection power right now, in newness of life. Paul asked this question, are we to continue in sin? The answer is no. The old power the sin had over us has died. It's been buried. And we have been raised and given a new life. Can we still sin? <laughs> yeah, of course we do it every day. But because of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, he is now doing in us practically what he has already done in us positionally. We have the righteousness of Christ credited to our account. Now, Jesus lived a perfect life, that one that Adam and Eve and none of their descendants could live. And he has imputed that into us who believe. And, and Jesus is in our heart also through the Holy Spirit. So we begin growing in Christ. We begin walking in smaller and smaller circles of, of repentance, turning back to Christ more quickly than we used to as we grow in him. And again, he is working in us practically what he has already done in us positionally. Philippians 1.6 says, And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. So God's given us a new heart. We were born with a heart that was bent towards sin, but now we have a heart that is drawn to God and one that loves his word and loves the brethren and loves the mission of the gospel, sharing it with others. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. God has given us a new heart. 
And the resurrection of Jesus, it, it seals, it guarantees every promise of God because Jesus defeated the hold that, that sin had on mankind that came through even God's law, right? The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so now that same power that raised Jesus from the grave has raised us up to walk in newness of life. Even while we're in this broken world, we don't have to wait for eternity. So in closing today, uh, just be thankful for the gospel. Thank God for what Jesus has accomplished for us. He's the only hope we have ever had. All those who delight in God's word and the promise of Jesus, we can enjoy immeasurable uh, spiritual riches uh, of his grace in this world as a down payment of eternity. All the fruit of the spirit, things like peace, joy, agape love, kindness, self-control, no longer a slave to sin, uh, like we've been talking about, um, being adopted into the family of the king of kings, the promise of an eternal inheritance. Um, the resurrection of Jesus guarantees all these things for us. I'm gonna read a passage, uh, let this be our closing passage from 2 Corinthians chapter four, and then we'll pray. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. Verse 16, so we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day for this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Father God, you're awesome, Lord. Thank you for your word today and uh, the seed of your word that is even working in our heart. Let it continue to, to take hold and, and grow us and open our eyes to see more of the truth in that word, Father, more of the, the beauty of your, your gospel, your death, burial, and resurrection, even your living the perfect life to impute your righteousness to, to us who believe, Father and just uh, grow that in our life. Help us to know you better and to, to know the power of your resurrection better and better uh, and to trust you and have the confidence and, and the, the fruit of the Spirit um, just um, blooming throughout our life in this broken world so that we may overcome with good uh, sin and the works 
uh, of evil all around us, Father, that we may do it all with, with great, great joy so that you might be glorified. And thank you for the power of the resurrection for the future, Lord. You will raise us up incorruptible to be with you forever. Keep opening our eyes, please, Lord, to your beauty and help us to share your beauty with others. In Jesus' name, amen.